Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, according to ESPN, Michigan State had a 99% chance to win at Iowa on Saturday after Jaden Aikens hit two free throws with 48 seconds left. That gave the Spartans a 10-point lead, but it was not meant to be. The Hawkeyes went nuclear down the stretch, hitting five threes in the final minute, including one with three seconds left that forced overtime, and it was all Iowa from there. The result is a stinging loss for Michigan State, which was looking to get things going following an emotional home victory against Indiana earlier in the week. We will discuss both games and what they mean for the Spartans' March prospects on episode 103 of MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Champion, Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel with you on a cold, rainy February 27th, 2023. Uh, and Kyle, it, it's been a strange year in the Big Ten, but if you told me Tyson Walker was going for 31 points and Michigan State was going to shoot 73% from three <laughs> on the road, uh, I would have assumed that was a win 10 out of 10 times. So, uh, explain this loss to me because it's two days later and I'm still confused. I, I, I can't explain anything. I've, I've never seen anything like it um, in, in a basketball game before. And I, and I probably never will again. Um, just, just, you know, a hundred things needed to happen um, for, for Michigan state to blow a, a lead that was um, let's see 10 points or 11 points, excuse me, in the final minute uh, with 50, with 55 seconds left. 10 points, as you mentioned, when Jaden Akins hit the free throw with 48 seconds left. Like, just complete perfect storm of everything happening that needed to happen for a total and complete collapse. Um, and we can kind of break it down. I mean, I I, I, know, I know we, we're going to naturally focus on Michigan State. Um, I, I do think, I mean, I would probably put it at 70% Iowa just making, being completely lights out and hitting five threes in a row, including some very difficult ones. But uh, we can talk about the mistakes Michigan State made for maybe that other 30% or so to kind of keep the door open for them. Yeah, and it wasn't just one guy for Iowa either. You know, Chris Murray yeah. made one, then Connor made one, then Patrick made one, then Sanford, uh, you know, hits the, hits the one at the buzzer. And, you know, like we can talk about, you know, should they have fouled, you know, the switch on the last one I think was a little late, Joey and Tyson. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, Peyton, Sanford, I mean, maybe it was a little bit of, I don't know if karma is the right word because I don't think Fran McCaffrey exactly earned himself uh, some positive <laughs> karma there with his little stare down. Uh, but Peyton Sanford did miss two wide open looks at the Breslin center at the buzzer and uh, they didn't go down. 
So here, maybe it was a little bit of the, the basketball gods returning a little bit of favor to Iowa with them making these shots down the stretch. But it's not like, you know, what a Michigan State was over with 85 or 83% from the free throw line. They shot a ton mm-hmm. of free throws. AJ made all of them except for the last one, the one that mattered. So it's not like they were up there bricking a bunch of free throws in a row. Um, it, it was just, you got to give credit to Iowa, man. They made some shots. You know, you can point to certain things. You can blame the loss on not following up three, but like, the reality is you can't look at one single thing when it comes down to these games. Like it's a lot of things that happen that lead up to that point. That being said, should Michigan State have followed up three, Kyle? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes. Although I will say that I I don't think it's as like cut and dry black and white as everybody seems to think that it is. Um, You know, they, Ken Palm, this this is a number of years back now, but they actually, Ken Palmer, I should say, looked at, um, a bunch of data from a whole bunch of games where this situation came up and it was pretty darn close to the same win percentage, whether you follow up three or whether you defend up three. Um, now, so I, I don't think, I mean, there's people that to read Twitter, you would think that um, following up three is 100% foolproof um, and it's just not. Um, so I don't think it's that cut and dry. That being said, I think the specifics of the situation um, for Michigan State would have made it the right call uh, because a you've got a team that is just shooting lights out and just cannot miss so it's like make them beat you any way besides hitting a three in that situation um, the time was right I mean you don't you don't really want to do the the follow-up three to me until there's like less than six seconds left on the clock so the time was right um, the other team was right I think what game it was there's another game where he had that might have been Maryland, I want to say, where they had the situation. And he said, I didn't follow up three because the other team wasn't making three-pointers all game. So, I, I mean, I think there's times where you can justify not. But um, this was a time where I did think the situation called for it. I mean, the only kind of caveat is um, I actually sat next to Robbie Hummel on the, the airplane on the way back, and he was making this point. He said it was uh, – I think he said on the broadcast, too, that it was in a live ball situation. He doesn't think it makes him as much sense to follow up three. Because I think the other team's kind of scrambling, and I think logic says that it's probably not as high percentage of a shot as as opposed to when you're coming out of a timeout and you've got a set play. So maybe let them play through and defend when they're scrambling a little bit in a live ball. So I can see that too. But I, I would have um, said uh, up three, but uh, sorry to break it to you if you haven't figured it out yet. Tommy Zoe is not team foul up three. Um, so unless yeah. he, he makes a large philosophical change uh, four decades into his coaching career, I, I don't think he's going to start doing that anytime soon. That's what I was going to say, because his MO has been not to follow up three. And I was like, could you think of any times recently when he actually has gone that route? Because I can't. I'm sure I, they're there, but I don't know. I, I can't remember him ever doing it. He told us once he was going to when they were close to a follow-up three. He, oh, I think it was a number of years ago. He came in the post team. He's like, I was going to follow, boy. We were up three. It's like, okay. Um, kind but, of like he's going to play zone defense. Right, exactly. Um, but, no, he, he has not. And he's far from alone in that. Um, uh, you see a lot of coaches not do it. I mean, Michigan got – Greg Gard said afterwards that he called for the follow-up three and they didn't do it. But, you know, Wisconsin lost for the exact same reason a day later. So, <sighs> Matt, you watched the game. I actually was not watching the game live. I was at the uh, Michigan Winter Beer Festival, thank God, because uh, that was very much needed uh, after that loss. But I thought it was going to be, you know, one of those great Saturdays, you know, kick it off with a dub and then – celebrate with the friends and family the rest of the day i wasn't meant to be so a little bit little bit of a more somber tone for my afternoon but uh 
at least I had had some friends there to help it out. I mean, what what was your reaction to the game, Matt? You 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 told us before we started recording that you were you had pretty much turned it off and went to go shopping or something. Right? I was I was thinking I had errands to run and was about to be you know get a head start, head out the door, thought oh, you know I'll, I'll just let finish this one out and you know with each shot improbable shot Iowa hit you know obviously stuck around and watch it. I don't know the shot making was incredible. Um, obviously both sides. I, I mean, I'm struggling to remember seeing a big 10 game involving Michigan state, even especially that, that resembled that I, you know, I'm, I, I have a bad memory, so I'm probably just forgetting something, but like just incredible shot making, like you mentioned before, you know, <laughs> you shoot uh 59% from the field, 11 for 15 for three, 31 for 36 from the line and you lose. I just, I, I, I can't, you know, I was so impressed with their ability, you know, it seemed like until the very end, every time, you know, I, you know, they needed a big shot, they got one, you know, a lot from Tyson Walker, but you know, and Hauser, what, Hauser and Aikens were what, four, four for three. Eight for eight. Both yeah, them, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, that one's really, really got a sting, but you know, just, you just had that feeling like once it got to overtime, you'd like, okay, <laughs> now that, now this one's probably over. Cause I don't know how you emotionally um, mentally come back from that. But uh, I was wondering, Kyle, how many people, did you see like a crowd of people like at the doors at, at, uh, at the arena trying to get back in after uh, giving up? Cause it looked like a good portion of that crowd filtered out to try and beat traffic. Oh, oh half, half of them left. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. I am, I am half convinced that Fran was trying to get kicked out just because he was so angry because he, he thought the game was over. You know, so yeah. it's like I might as well just get kicked out of here. So he goes and does his little uh, John what Wayne a, stare down there goofball, on the baseline. <laughs> what was that? This is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in a basketball game. Uh, one of my favorite things I've ever seen in a basketball game. Just peak peak college basketball there. <laughs> well, it's like Indiana. I mean Iowa. Like yeah, you talked about the high scoring game. I mean Michigan State has. You know, they were struggling to even break 70 for a while there. And all of a sudden they drop 106 or whatever and lose the game. But this is classic Iowa at, uh, at home, especially. <laughs> I mean, have you, did you look at their home road splits from shooting threes, Kyle? It was like, at they're insane. 20, yeah. There was like 23% on the road and like up over 40 at home. It's like, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I, the Big Ten, when it comes to home and road, it's, it's wild in this league, the difference that it can make. I mean, you got teams that are like, you know, at the very top of the league that are underdogs when they go on the road to teams like Ohio State, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's just, it's such a bizarre league this year. And this game might've been one of the more uh, bizarre ones that, I, that I've ever seen in a long time, but I expected it to be offensive. That's how it is when you play Iowa, especially at Carver Hawkeye, uh, but, but just ridiculous. I mean, it, in terms of the overall season, I don't think it, it really is going to hurt Michigan State much. I think they actually went up two spots in Ken Palm with this loss, probably because their offensive numbers improved, but you know, they're, they're in the tournament. still. they have a lot of quad one wins where this is damaging is where it definitely hurts their chances of getting that double buy, especially if that Minnesota game isn't made up. Well, that that's official now. Minnesota's not happening. Uh, Tom and Joe told us that today. So, um, which was one Friday went by and it, there was no date. And that was, that was assumed. Um, you so yeah. get it from his mood at practice that uh, he was, it wasn't going to happen, you know? And yeah. Was, was it Dane um, O'Neill put something out about Rutgers being ridiculous about it or something. Well, I mean, uh, we, we, I mean, we can get into that. We might as well get into that now, right? I mean, the 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 only real way to make this work was to have Rutgers Minnesota move to Tuesday. Um, Minnesota was totally on board with everything. Rutgers was going to have to play at Penn State on Sunday and at Minnesota on Tuesday. 
which is very condensed. Uh, Big 10 teams don't do that, and they just weren't willing to. And basically, Steve Peichel said, sorry, um, sorry, it's not going to do that. Um, Tom Izzo and Michigan State wanted the Big 10 to step in and basically force it to happen um, and say, hey, we're all making sacrifices here. Um, I mean, Michigan State would have been playing three and five to end the end the regular season. I think Minnesota would have been doing something pretty similar. So, um, you know, shared sacrifice in a situation where, um, you know, this is all happening because of a, a mass shooting on Michigan State's campus, you know. And um, so I think the thought was everybody's going to have, have some sacrifice. And obviously every school was kind of thinking of itself in the situation, which you expect. So I think Michigan State and Tommy's are one of the Big Ten to kind of step in and be arbiter um, and, and make a decision. And and that really just didn't happen. I mean, it really was just kind of left up to the schools to make their own, um, make their come up with their own solution. And and they they couldn't do it, you know. So is that um, because there's no commissioner right now, or why why is why is that being left to the up to the schools? That doesn't really. Um, Kevin Warren is quiet quitting. Is, is that what we're saying here? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I think there's a leadership vacuum um, at the Big Ten right now. I mean, they've done that. They they changed over their head of men's basketball um, this past year. Rick Boyage was there for a long time in that role, um, and that's changed. Um, so you've got a commissioner on his way out. You've had a lot of other people at the top moving, and um, I, I just don't think anybody really kind of took charge and said, hey, this is going to happen. And, you know, in Jim Delaney's Big Ten, <laughs> like something would have happened. Um, let's put it that way. Um, so um, it, this was, you know, I, I equate it to, you know, when, when my when my kids are fighting, I say, hey, try to figure it out. If you really can't figure it out, come to me and I will I will tell you who's right and who's wrong and who's going to timeout, et cetera. Um, and <laughs> that's basically what uh, what Michigan State and Rutgers and Minnesota and the Big Ten did. But mom and dad uh, were not there to make any room. So it's um, it's unfortunate. And it's not the biggest deal for Michigan State. I mean, that that game would was going to do absolutely nothing as far as the NCAA tournament. Um, where it makes a difference, as you mentioned, is in the Big Ten tournament standings. They're currently um, in ninth place. Um, if you're not familiar with Big Ten basketball, uh, Minnesota at home is basically an instant win. Um, they've lost, I think, what, 14 in a row. They're one in 16 in the Big Ten, completely shorthanded. So um, you can just lost a prize prospect, too. Right. Yeah. You can you can chalk that up as basically a win. So basically, if they have that game, they're in tied for sixth instead of ninth. Um, and just with how crowded it is, we'll see come Sunday how much of a difference that one game would have made. Maybe it's not um, very much, or maybe it is several spots in the Big Ten tournament. And if Michigan State wins both of its next two games, maybe it's the difference between a bye. Um, and um, starting on Friday versus or a double by starting on Friday versus a single by starting on Thursday. And that's the uh, sort of thing that would make a, a pretty significant difference to Michigan State. Um, so it's it's unfortunate that, you know, given the reason that game was postponed specifically, that it could end up uh, kind of hurting Michigan State. Not happy with Steve Peichel for that, man. I've always liked that guy, too. I like his program, but this is kind of a shady uh, little low blow for me. You know, he, he wants to take his two wins versus Minnesota and that doesn't one just a little bit, so Michigan State can get If they would have been playing well and were solidly in the NCAA tournament, I think it would have been, yeah, no problem. Uh, but, I mean, you you watch Rutgers. They they have been spiraling since they lost their power forward there, and they're getting too close to the bubble. And I just think that um, it was just too much risk for them at this point. The Big Ten tournament, though, Kyle. I mean, we've talked about it all year. The difference between, you know, the two seed and the nine seed in this conference is minimal. Yeah. So really when you're looking at when the seeding comes out, when the brackets get rolled out after the season ends on Sunday, I'm looking at draw more than seeds more than anything. And there is a way, like if you look at, you know, 
Big Ten Network likes to put out the, if the tournament started now, here's what it looks like. So you can kind of get an idea of what the draw or the path would look like for Michigan State. And honestly, there's ways where when they are a lower seed, their draw or perceived path to getting to the championship is actually easier when they're a lower seed. You know, it's, and it's it's just, that's just a, a product of the league being so jumbled together. So yeah, the double buy would have been nice, but in terms of where they actually end up in the bracket, I'm not sure it would have mattered a whole lot. Yeah, um, I guess that's true. I mean, I look at Michigan State and it's like you, you, the teams with the super dominant big man, and I know they just beat Indiana, but overall the teams with the super dominant big man are going to give them a lot more credit than your, like, I, I know Maryland's playing well. I, I like Michigan State against Maryland kind of, because I think they match up better against them. Um, and, you know, in Iowa, they beat at home and it should have just beat on the road, you know. Uh, so there's teams that are closer to the top that they match up well against. But, you know, obviously you don't want Purdue um, and, and there's other teams you don't want. I don't think you want Indiana again. I don't think you want to test your luck there. So, um, yeah, agree. Totally. It's just like in subway tournament. Totally depends on the draw. If you want to talk about just on the court real quick, I mean, Jay Nakins, it was his birthday on Saturday. <laughs> and I know the guys really wanted to get a win for him there. But, you know, 21 points. He played one of his best games as a Spartan. Uh, Joey Hauser continues his strong play. Um, you know, Tyson Walker goes off for 31. He's turning into a real real like scoring lead guard for them. Um, but you know, and then you go back to the Indiana game, uh, which was a few days ago now, but my Mati Sissoko and Jackson Kohler, I thought played their best game as a collective five position, um, and slowing down Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, uh, Malik Renu. So, uh, you know, there's signs that Michigan state, you know, is really starting to put it together and play very strong. Their metrics are starting to get better. I see the mostly on the seven line, but I think there was hope that, you know, they could jump up to at least the six seed with a, with a strong run here at the end. But, you know, Michigan state, even in these losses to Michigan and Iowa, I mean, overall they're playing pretty well right now. And that improvement from the center position is probably the biggest reason to get excited. We just need the consistency now because we saw Kohler get, you know, he couldn't really guard Robracha. So, and there's still going to be those matchups, but like, you know, I, I guess, I guess it's, you can't be too mad in the grand scheme of things, even though it stings. I know I'm still thinking about it two days later. Um, but like, you know, it, the team is playing pretty well overall, I would say. Yeah. I mean, just if, man, if you're a Michigan state fan, be glad it didn't happen in a single elimination tournament and be glad it didn't happen when you were on the bubble and really, really needed it. Uh, because mm-hmm. you're right. Neither of those things are true, but uh, I just, I've been impressed with um their offensive improvement in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, we were talking just about how, how plotting it was. Everything was in the sixties and um, just no flow and everything like that's, they, they put it together in the last couple of weeks and they're really scoring and um, playing Iowa uh, helps you do that uh, a little bit, but um, just shooting the ball lights out. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to, they're not going to be able to keep up obviously shooting the way they did um, on Saturday, but just the last three, four games overall. Um, Joey Hauser just lights out. Um, Tyson Walker, like you said, just, just being the dude. Uh, to me, the biggest thing is, or one of the bigger changes that's sustainable is like Jay Nakins looking like, you know, a, a top three guy, um, uh, really solid Big Ten player, um, able to get you 15 um, if you need him to get 15 um, on any given night. So, um, and that really, I mean, obviously it took him a while to come around because of the injury, but a lot of good scoring options and yeah, I mean, we, I wrote this after the Indiana game um, and Matt was there too. So maybe he can chime in, but the um, like, you don't need double digit scoring from, from Mighty Sissoko and Jackson Kohler, like get out there, be there for the lob when the, if they leave you totally open for the lob, clean some stuff up, defend, 
well and rebound and like that's plenty for this team mm-hmm. um did they have enough other scores that they don't need i mean would you like a, a nick ward or a Derek nick sure uh but they don't need that i don't think right now they've got enough other stuff so just be out there be solid play good defense um get the buckets when they're there uh, i thought that's what they did against indiana as you mentioned and they did that really well yeah I, I, just to back that up i, I thought I, I really like what they brought um you know even the 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 things that don't always show up in a box score type of type of deal, um, especially with Madi, you know, he was diving on the mm-hmm. ground for that loose ball near mid court. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> that that block, <laughs> the double doink, <laughs> the block that that almost took. I can't remember who for the poor guy for Indiana who it was who was on the receiving end of that, but um, ouch. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then Kohler, you know, the end of the first half, I mean, was you know he's going up against Trace Jackson Davis and, and getting the better of him there a few times. And, you know, he goes to the bench, you know, um, pretty animated. And then the second half you had, you had the crowd chanting for Madi and then um, somewhat questionably uh, chanting overrated for Trace Jackson Davis while he was at the free throw line. Bad idea. Um, yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like Kyle said, you know, you don't need, 25 points from your center i mean would it be would they like it if Madi was putting up the numbers that he did early in the season i'm sure they they would but um yeah i think you know like you said walker has really stepped up i think hauser's played much better this year than maybe anticipated you know um akins is an emerging play emerging player and you know you know hogard's uh kind of up and down at times but uh yeah i mean I thought the Indiana win was impressive given the circumstances and the situation. And I thought they played really well on Saturday and just, you know, mixture of circumstances. And then that's the result. Yeah. Jackson Kohler, like it's probably too much to say that he saved Michigan state against Indiana, but that stretch he had in the first half when Michigan state was just kind of out of it, they were turning the ball over early on. Um, you know, he got that nice little post move turnaround and then that block on trace Jackson Davis, it really got everyone going, honestly. And he was, it was absolutely massive in that game. Trey Holloman also with a big play early on in that game that sort of snapped a, an Indiana run. So Michigan State's freshmen continue to flash, but they they definitely are far from consistent. I mean, you look at Kohler has a great game against Indiana, and then he plays four minutes against uh, against Iowa. So, I mean, like, I don't say we can rely on the bigs, but, you know, there, there has been some improvement coming along. Uh, let's see here, Kyle. Looking ahead, I mean, two two games on the schedule this week. They both look pretty winnable at Nebraska and then at home versus Ohio State. Um, I mean, Michigan State takes care of these two games. I mean, I, I don't think you want to lose them both. Uh, that might put you a little bit closer to the bubble than you want to be. Uh, but, uh, you know, Michigan State, by all accounts, pretty safely in the tournament. And these are two games that they they really should just get, get win to, one, hold on to Big Ten seating, but also make sure you don't, you know, drop down the seed list in the big tournament any longer, any further, I should say. Yeah, I mean, Nebraska's looking a little tougher than it has, than it was. Um, the longest win streak in the Big Ten currently belongs to uh, the folks from Lincoln. Um, oh. The last vote was against Minnesota, but, um, you know, beat Wisconsin, beat Rutgers, beat Maryland before that. So Michigan State's going to be going to their senior day with them on a four-game win streak. Um, and I think they've won, yeah, they've won four straight at home, too. So uh, Five of six I'm in there. But five of six at home, then. Um, you know, and, and they had they've got a, they had a couple of starters get hurt, and they've 
they figure some stuff out. They figure some stuff out. Um, and uh, Sam Hoiberg, uh, the other son of Fred Hoiberg, has stepped up and been big for them. So um, it's a game. Yeah, Michigan State. They'll they'll probably be favored. I see Ken Palm got them at at um, minus three. Um, so a game that the way they played um, should win. Uh, certainly. I mean, it's just looking for there to be no hangover over Iowa. You know, teams are generally pretty good at moving on, but that was just being in the locker room and around those guys afterwards. Like, they were gutted, mm-hmm. really, really gutted um, with the way that game ended. So, um, curious to see how Michigan State, how well they can kind of put that behind them and move on. But if they can keep playing the way that they did, I think even with Nebraska being hot, that's a, that's a pretty winnable game. And, yeah, a good chance with Ohio State there on senior day to, to finish with with two straight wins. And um, overall, would, that would be a pretty solid last couple of weeks of the regular season. An Ohio State team that just beat Illinois yesterday, because of course, <laughs> because right. the Big Ten is just ridiculous. But, yeah, I guess if there's one thing you could say about Michigan State this year is, you know, they've gone through a lot of stretches where they win one, lose one, win two, win three, win one, two's one. Like they've, they've seemed to have been able to, you know, rebound and pick themselves up and not let one game sort of translate into the next overall this year. It seems like they've been done a pretty good job of compartmentalizing it and, you know, just getting ready and getting going for the next one. But yeah, you can't blame them for being gutted from this one, man. You're up 10 minute up 10 with under a minute left and you, you lose the game. I mean, that's just, that's brutal. So like you said, they should be glad it wasn't an NCAA tournament game because we've seen that happen uh, in the NCAA tournament. I think someone was saying, or it was on the CBS podcast, Gary Parrish was talking about like the last time something like that happened was when uh, Texas A&M like came back on Northern Iowa in the tournament yeah. a few years ago. And so like, you know, imagine if that was the end of your season, you know, mm-hmm. it could, it could always be worse. So uh, what, what, just last thing before we get out of here that I wanted to ask you, what was Tom like after that? I mean, I know he said they weren't even really going to watch the film or something today and, they just watched a couple of plays or was that just chalked it up to something crazy happened and we're going to move on? Or what, what do you think his messaging was with that? Um, I mean, they, they did watch some plays um, afterward. Um, but I mean, I mean, a lot of it's just, you know, with uh, by, by this time, you know, uh, the day before uh, um, or, you know, two days before a game that they're looking forward to the next opponent. Uh, I mean, that's pretty standard, but I, I do think that, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how much there is to gain from going over all that again with guys. Like, those are the type of mistakes that, like, are seared into you, you know? Like, if, you, um, if you're the guy that, that, that missed the defensive assignment at, at the end of the game, certainly A.J. felt really bad for him. He, he put – he made 12 straight free throws and, and missed the last one. You know, he didn't need to watch that again. Um, he felt mm-hmm. terrible about it. Um, and, and guy – it's a veteran group. They knew the types of mistakes that they made. So I'm not sure there was a whole lot to be gained over reliving that. And certainly nobody wanted to. So it's, it's, and they were, you know, a couple of days later is or was able to take away a lot of positives for how they played offensively. So just, just figure out how to, how to kind of keep your head in the game mentally. You know, his point was kind of like, a, it was just a lot of mental mistakes. Um, the rebounding was bad. And that, and I guess that's one other thing I would mention quickly is that if there's a kind of a troubling trend, um, you know, a couple of teams recently have really kind of beat them up on the boards. Um, you know, they didn't do well against Maryland, Michigan destroyed them. I know they had that too big lineup. That's, that's going to be a rarity to see, but, um, I think that was pretty troubling to them. And then, um, the breast or Iowa had 29 second chance points, which is just astronomical. And, and you're, I mean, shoot, you're lucky to make it to overtime. Um, if you, if you give up that many points and down the stretch, it was like everything, Everything was just offensive rebound, second chance. Um, so a cu- couple more defensive rebounds are one of the many things that would have saved that game. And and but I'm curious to see going forward if they can shore that up because that's 
potential problem spot in the postseason. It's been an issue pretty much all year, recurring wise. Um, but yeah, Iowa's top five in offensive efficiency. So like they're gonna put up points. I think Tom Izzo should be encouraged by the offensive improvement in the last couple of weeks. If they can get back to playing that very solid defense that Michigan State has been playing for most of the year, I think they're gonna win most games. And if you play like you did on Saturday, you're gonna win most games. I think just kind of one of those weird, crazy uh days, honestly, all across the country, all across the weekend mm-hmm. in college basketball, a lot of buzzer beaters. A lot of crazy stuff going on. Uh, it must be March, Kyle. We're, we're, we're fast approaching. We've got a sun first round action tonight. <laughs> uh, Queens University's in action. Bellarmine's in action. Florida Gulf Coast is in action. North Florida in action. You, so, you uh, have fun watching all that. I'm, I'm making my way through the Netflix golf series. You guys watching that at all? Ooh, I do want to watch that. That looks pretty good. No, man. Man, I thought you'd be with me on that. On no, the- no. I mean, it seems interesting. I just haven't got to got to it yet, but it's on, it's on the list. All right. All right. Well, I'll keep you updated on the on the mid-major guys. I'll be Go all ahead. over that. Um, and Matt, you see Kirk Cousins can be featured in uh, the Netflix <laughs> series coming up here called Quarterbacks. So uh, there you go. That's pretty fun. Uh, the mighty Kirk Cousins. Pro do, we, do, we, do we get to uh, do we get to watch Combine Punter stuff this week? Is that going to be your week here, Wenzel? Uh, the uh, special teams guys, I think they work out uh, – Friday and then the receivers are Saturday, so that would uh, that would represent Michigan State's uh, two uh, two uh, combine invitees in uh, Bryce Beringer and, and Jaden Reed. So um, we should mention Jaden Reed. Actually, uh, I, I know he caught a lot of eyeballs down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, oh yeah, he had, a, he, had a, well. yeah, he had a really good. They both had a really good Senior Bowl. I mean, Reed was named the receiver practice receiver of the week for his team, and and uh, Beringer got the same thing for among the specialists. So. Yeah, they 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 had a great week at the Senior Bowl, and you know that'll be a chance. And and Reed's getting some, you know, he's even mocked. You know, some guys saying he could go as high as the second round. Uh, others seem like, you know, third round's more likely to be the ceiling. But either way, um, yeah, I I, I think he, did, he cert- they both did nothing but help themselves in in Mobile. Cool. Well, we will stay on top of those guys. And obviously we have NFL draft is, I mean, it's almost March, so it's coming, but people got their mocks out there. Um, and, you know, we'll keep a track on the Michigan State people. As far as the basketball team at Nebraska, nine another 9 p.m. tip on BTN. Uh, Kyle, you're not going to Nebraska, though, correct? No, ha- happily not getting out of an ice storm to go to Nebraska. So. Yeah. Uh, well, you get to stay up late with the rest of us then, and uh, probably later than the rest of us, I should say, <laughs> as you're as you're writing. But it's a game Michigan State will need to win. They'll probably be favored on the road. But as we've uh, you know said many times, you don't just walk into Pinnacle Bank. So uh, you know you got to make sure you take care of that. And then Ohio State uh, on Senior Day um, at at the Breslin Center is Joey. Would it just be Joey and Steven? Uh, have we heard who they're on? Uh, there uh, senior, day? senior days for as Matt can attest to with football. It's always a mystery who's going to be um, involved in senior day. I mean, I mean, we might get some insight later this week as far as they've got some guys with, them, with I think, some interesting fifth-year decisions um, coming mm-hmm. up for them. And I'd be surprised if anybody comes out and announces it. But sometimes you can start to get a hint for, for where things are headed uh, with senior day and who gets celebrated and who doesn't. So we'll see. Could be interesting. I think we know who those guys are that that will be very uh, following them. So that's going to do it for today's episode of the Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. Kyle Lawson and Matt Wendell. I'm Brandon Champion. Thanks for listening. Uh, and we'll talk to you next time. And go green.